Hello and welcome to Rookie Movie Reviews. My name is Dan. And I'm Jenny. And this is a B-plot. So we're taking a break from the top 100 list and just going off on a little tangent of whatever we want to talk about or whatever we were watching. What did we watch this time? Well, it was spooky season leading up to this and we decided to give our best shot at watching the Conjuring series. So that's the Annabelle movies, The Nun, Conjuring, La Llorona. Yeah. They, should I run down the list of everything we watched real quick? You covered, you covered them. <laughs> it's, uh, we, we watch it in chronological in-universe order. So in that order, it goes The Nun, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle, The Conjuring, La Llorona, Annabelle Comes Home, and then The Conjuring 2. So this year was supposed to hold the release of The Conjuring 3. The devil made me do it. But the coronavirus uh, has ruined everything, and it moved that back to, what was it, June of 2021? Yeah, I think so. Some weird... July? Horror. Yeah, like the... It's summer times. horror movie. <laughs> um, it'll be good. Hopefully, I don't, I don't think we'll be able to see it in theaters that early. Uh, I'm not very optimistic about any of that, but... We could get those bubble suits. It looks mm. like the space helmet. Yeah. Totally, totally safe and flawless plan there. <laughs> so, don't really have the intention to run down the list and summarize each thing. Uh, if, if you have specific summary points you want to cover, that'd be awesome. But I largely just kind of want to shoot the shit about these movies and get your, your hot takes on them, you know, one by one. So, what I've got <laughs> here in front of me... Back to the meat. The meat. Uh, I've got in front of me a list... Of these movies, the writer and director, so we can see if there's any fun little threads. And spoiler alert, there are some interesting ones. <laughs> and then <laughs> the release date in our real world of these movies, not in the in-universe timeline of the movies. Are you trying to say The Conjuring isn't real? Uh, it has taken some artistic liberties, but they are based on true stories. I was going to say, what would Ed and Lorraine react how would they react? How would they react to me saying these movies are fictional? Well, Lorraine is dead. Whoa! And Jeez. <laughs> but <laughs> by her own belief system, she would still have an opinion on this. So she's not gonna say shit. Yeah, she's rotting. She's <laughs> she's probably passed on. Because the whole conceit of these movies is that it's. It's not even ghosts. These are ghost movies. They're demon movies. These are always demons. And while we're talking about that, something that really makes me mad about the inconsistencies in these movies, uh, they always say, oh, it's an inhuman person. It's not a not a ghost. They don't want to pass on. They want to possess. And then the movie that's about a woman who died and haunts the earth, La Llorona, that's a ghost, but she's so evil. She became an inhuman entity so she's not really a ghost she's a she willed herself into demonhood or something so that's pretty metal very yeah damn that'd be a good concept for like a black metal album or a death metal album or whatever oh genre covers demons that'd be yeah you should write uh what's the one you like a lot i don't know idols idols yeah idols is good they're um i don't know what genre they are just hard rock I guess let, let them know about the yacht 
La Llorona concept album. <laughs> Those metalheads get very picky about their genres, though. You got to be careful when treading these waters. It sounds like baby metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those Korean girls, I don't know about that. Um, so the Nun, 2018 release date. This is, oh, uh, five years. Five years after the Conjuring release, they've really had a lot of time to figure it out. How can it be from 2018 if it's set in the 1950s? How did they get the film to last that long? This is a great bit. (laughs) 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 It's actually 1955, so they had a bit of a head start on the 50s. They didn't have to preserve it that long. Uh, It's amazing what restoration progress is these days. Yeah, and the effects back then, They weren't effects. That was real. Oh, yeah. Should we (laughs) maintain that? throughout here like oh that really scared me because i know it's real (laughs) and i don't want to deal with any real nun demons (laughs) i have to look something up but keep going okay so the nun the basic gist of this movie is that it takes place in the 50s in uh hungary or something romania romania there was a what i need to say this now because i need to look up that country but the fear of being alive is taphophobia. Taphophobia? Yeah. Taphophobia. That would be a fear of subprime candy. <laughs> Romania. <laughs> this. <laughs> I just get scared by the nougat. I'm taphophobia. Fuck saltwater taffy. <laughs> Only always hate saltwater taffy. <laughs> we're afflicted with severe taphophobia (laughs) taphophobia Uh, mary she's coming in (laughs) throwing taffy at the kids (laughs) (laughs) they're like was it a parade (laughs) what is fucking um thanksgiving day parade they probably throw candy out at that big one in the Macy's Day Parade yeah. in New York? You think they just throw out king-sized candy bars at that? No, they throw out turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they throw out frozen oh, turkeys. Oh, they living ones? Or <laughs> just nope. running around shitting. Oh, God. Well, that's what the kids are doing at these parades. <laughs> <laughs> that was a spike <laughs> You who know? Do you know what your kids are doing? They're shitting in the street. (laughs) They're running up and down the sidewalks, shitting. And it's diarrhea because kids have terrible diet choices. These days. So they're just streaking the sidewalks. Is that chocolate? Probably not. Not on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Roomba running over a dog accident. I could never do stand-up because I would laugh too hard at yeah, my own jokes. You'd be like, this next one is killer. <laughs> just, just wait until I get it out. <laughs> um, the Nun is written by... Oh, right. Well, it's directed by Corin uh, Hardy. Corin. We do not see Corin again. Corin? Yes. Corin. C-O-R-I-N. Corin. Huh. Written by... Irish? Screenplay... Uh, Gary Dauberman. Okay. Now keep this name 
in mind because Gary comes back. Or he's coming back here because this is a 2018 movie. But Gary's prevalent throughout the screenplay credits of this entire... Corn's a girl's name. Uh, look up Corn Hardy. Corin is also an Irish name. This is fun. We should have a... Google along with us, folks. C-O-R-I-N-H-A. Oh, it's a boy. Well. It's a man. Yeah. Corin Hardy directed it. He must have gotten axed because this movie blows. <laughs> this movie really sucks. Uh, it wasn't scary at all. Oh, I never even finished a conceit of the movie. But what it is is that uh, this young nun, who's not even a nun. She hasn't taken her vows yet. For some reason gets tapped to go with like the most hard-boiled priest detective to this chapel in Romania to determine if it's still holy after a nun committed suicide there. And they show up. You are forgetting a very important character. Oh, what's that guy's name even? The Mummy's Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah. We get this dude I've never seen before who plays a villager. And in the climax of this movie, he's got suspenders, a few buttons off the top of his white shirt, tousled hair, and he's got a shotgun script dramatically. A scarf, yes. Uh, And it is that he's also traipsing through a... A dungeon or some sort of chapel prison thing. The basement. I don't know. This movie, uh, that's the whole conceit. They go, determine if it's holy. There's ghosts there. Or not ghosts, demons. And then they fix it with Jesus's actual blood. They have Jesus's blood in a vial and use it to seal a portal to hell. It's in like an egg. Well, it's in a vial in the egg. It's like a glass egg. And then there's a cross inside filled with jesus blood what's up with the eggs is there a religious yeah like easter has all these eggs pagan pagans pagans have infiltrated the church bunnies don't even lay eggs (laughs) have you ever seen a bunny give birth because i haven't i've exploded open a bunny and there were no eggs in there and i know for a fact that bunnies have nipples (laughs) so that means that they're Their milk is sour. (laughs) Acrid taste. (laughs) So nutritious. You can tell it's a B plot because we're popping off. Mm, I'm popping off. We pop off (laughs) on A plots too. I'm going to ask you a question about the nun. Okay. (laughs) Why was this woman even chosen to go to this church? What was the reason? They're like, she has no, she's not a nun, she's not trained. She has no experience. Let's send James Bond of the church to to do this with her. Why Why her? Maybe they wanted to whip her into shape. Uh, Nuns are sadistic. Maybe it was a weird was like a, torture thing. An adventurous version of a cat o' nine tails. <laughs> and she also seemed to have latent psychic abilities. I don't remember those coming up. I don't remember a lot about this movie. She seemed to have latent psychic abilities. You said yourself she... Oh, I bet that's Lorraine's mom. Because she, like, did some Sean from Psych shit with the oh, eye. Oh, okay. Like, they zoomed in on her eye seeing something. I see. Okay. 
Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I remember. You know what scene I do remember the most from this movie is when the portal to hell that's in the basement of the church is opened by a bunch of cultists Mm -hmm. and the actual crusade comes in and all of these Templars with swords and shit. Like, that is established history, true fact, in this movie. Like, and in this universe. Um, Demons are real and they stem from Romania and they were battled with by the the templars of the uh what did i just say the crusades shit is very weird in this movie i w- i feel like knights of the templar and the crusades are related but different all of my knowledge of that comes from the assassin's creed game what about the da vinci code i've never seen or read it we gotta fix that oh yeah is, yeah is it a must read or a is it Tom Hanks' finest hour? Oh, geez. Did you hear my neck? Yeah, I heard that. I wonder if the, <laughs> if the mic picked that up. We'll, we'll amplify it. Oh, God. <laughs> Jenny is breaking apart. <laughs> <laughs> She'll kick you apart. She'll kick you apart. <laughs> um, that is John Cusack. John Cusack? In... Oh, great. Now I feel so dumb because I'm not sure. In what? In The, in the Nun? In The Da Vinci Code? Oh, no, that's Tom Hanks. What? Karen fucking T, dude. It is, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I've, it was crazy that I remember the hype around that movie, but I've never seen it, and as I understand it, it's kind of just okay. It just had a ton of hype because the church didn't like it or something. It was sacrilegious. Dan Brown is a edgy little theist. But... One thing I do want to get your take on this movie is, and all of these movies are going to be what kind of jumped out at you as being the dumbest thing, because these are not masterpieces, and I think there's something dumb. Okay. So, with that prompt, what what do you think is dumb? Because my vote is the crusade coming in and dumping Jesus' blood in the hell crack and sealing it and then killing all the cultists. That shit was crazy. Hellcrack was my nickname in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the dumbest thing was the main priest getting buried alive. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of dumb, and it went on really long. Man. And he kept ringing the bell, and then all the bells started ringing. Yeah. It's just supposed to be like a oh shit moment, but it's like, damn. (laughs) Every single one of these graves has a bell? That's crazy. That's a lot bells and that's a lot of machinery or like not machinery but uh machining to get a pipe with a rope down into the grave on every single yeah thing and then put it in the casket you know what the nun must be set later than 1950 because there's no way that they'd still have bells on the graves because that was what the fuck that was like an early 1900s thing it is set in 1952 yeah. because when people were frequently dying of, I want to say it was consumption. Sometimes they didn't actually die. And I think everyone knows this, that there were bells in the grave just in case those people were alive. I didn't think it would carry itself that far, but I guess it's supposed to feel even earlier. Because they say it's set in 1950, but the guy said, oh, it still feels like the 1800s here. And they really push that because they drive like a cart and buggy. Yeah, and there is a truck 
uh, in the movie. So there's cars and shit going about. I think, if anything, it gets points for communicating this period piece type thing. You know, it almost feels medieval, but it's also confusing because it's supposed to be the 1950s and it feels like you're in some ancient European village. The tone is really weird. And uh, I will say that the scariest part for me, of which there were not many, would be this scene right at the beginning. It's like basically the prologue to the movie where one nun, the nun that killed herself and sparks the investigation, witnesses a different nun being trapped by this demon in this secret demon room. And it just scared me because I am uh, easily scared by slow zooms and quiet just before a jump scare. And the opening scene is that. So that got me. But everything else, like, I can honestly say I didn't feel overly tense or on edge, let alone scared throughout most of the movie. It's super predictable. And uh, it's not very creative. So, yeah, the beginning. <laughs> uh, the prologue. Yeah. I think the nun's design is pretty freaky. Like, if I saw that shit staring at me from the end of a hallway, yeah. I might lose my mind. Yeah, like um, in Annabelle Comes Home? Yeah. Okay. Or so, is that Conjuring 2? That's Conjuring 2. I was wrong. There's a lot of these movies. So that's... There's five. Six? six. Well, One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven. Holy hell. Watch seven of these. Let's, two of them are good. <laughs> yeah. Annabelle Creation. Next movie. Are you ready to yeah. talk about the next one? Sure. So it opens up on... This is funny because it's recognizable footage from... I want to say it's the first one. I think it is the first one, yeah. And so they have these Bee Gees haircuts. So it's really... You see it and it's like, oh yeah, those people. But I think because of... You made the point, um, but because of budget constraints or something, they didn't even show Ed on screen. Yeah, the... Main characters, Ed and Lorraine Warren, that everyone associates with these movies. And, you know, just... They're the people from the first one. If you see them, you know them. And I don't remember what movie it was, but I saw Ed Warren in a non-Conjuring movie. I'm like, what is that guy doing here? Like, he's a horror movie guy. Get out of here. Uh, I can't recall what it was. Was it Insidious? Well, it wouldn't be Insidious. It might have been Insidious. Actually, I think you're right. I think it was a different horror movie. That's Ed Warren. Yeah. It's like, this isn't your franchise, dude. But Insidious is a good one. There's a scare in that one that I conflated with Annabelle. Is Insidious the home movies one? Or, oh no, it's the one where, um, yeah, you're right. It does have Ed Warren. And there's a scene with uh, Tiny Tim playing in a demon workshop. Yeah. Sinister is the one with the tapes in the attic. That one's one's so good. good. And it's got Ethan Hawke. Yes. Uh, real quick, the director of this one, David F. Sandberg. Okay. And the writer, Gary Dauberman. Same screenwriter as The Nun. Wow. This movie came out in 2017. That was the year before The Nun. And um, you were going to say that there was a scare from uh, Insidious that reminded you of The Conjuring. Oh, no, that I conflated with The Conjuring. Oh, what? It's... The actor who plays Ed at a table, and suddenly behind him is a red demon face. I thought that was in these movies. Okay, yeah. Fair, because it's like, that's the that's the Conjuring guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was definitely waiting for that 
as well the whole time especially once you see the demon design of like this all black demon with horns i'm like freaky is that gonna come behind the guy this i'm having a hard time even remembering it might have actually opened with people at church this might i might have had that was mixed up too because it's um it's the wood wood doll maker and they lose oh, their daughter right in the beginning you are she correct. gets hit by a truck and then we cut to a bunch of orphans and they get adopted by the mom and dad even though the mom is like stuck in bed it seems like they just have a big house also the dad's kind of a dick yeah it's it's very weird and up until you just started describing that i totally forgot the premise of this one but i also think you're correct so the opening is ed and lorraine warren talking to these girls about annabelle and then it cuts to church and then it cuts to the guy painting the doll and then it cuts to their ride home from church so it's like really fucking weird but yeah these Six girls, of which two are important, and the rest didn't even need to be in the movie except to be bullies. Yeah. And then uh, the premise is just how the Annabelle doll is there, and it's infested with the... Evil spirit. But they don't name it yet. Yeah, and they, that's so bizarre to me that... That stuck out to me the whole time, because it's Annabelle creation. It is the inception of the evil doll. Yep. And they make it seem like the daughter that died is the evil spirit no 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 well i mean up until they clarify like oh there's a demon in the in the mix okay yeah. that's a misdirect and then i will say in annabelle comes home they have i'm they have so many little girls with like old school 60s dresses and shit and yeah pigtails well, but set back then yeah but even in like Annabelle Comes Home, there's that scene where there's a young girl on the porch and she's like, can Annabelle come play? She is here. I know she is. Is that supposed to be the daughter that died in the car crash? I've had that thought so many times watching these movies. I'm like, is that the daughter that died? At least three or four different times. I don't know, man. Gets me pissed. <laughs> it also doesn't help that they keep replacing the girl who plays Judy. <laughs> yes. You know, the Warren's daughter is drastically different every movie. Because they're putting this whole universe together movie by movie. And they're all coming out at different times. They're like, okay, now let's do an origin story. But that'll actually have to be like 10 years before the two movies we already shot. And yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Annabelle Creation. I... The so there's one girl who suffered from polio and she has a friend who's pretty ride or die, but she also really wants to be friends with the other girls. So she does what kids do when when they're kids and she ditches the girl with polio a few times. So she's left to her own devices. She can't get up and down the stairs and she's kinda of stuck upstairs and there's the room of the daughter who died that doesn't get touched and in that room is the doll. So she interacts with the doll, even though she's not supposed to. And this rekindles the spirit. Okay. And then later on, we learn that, well, scary stuff happens, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then we learn from the mom that they thought when their daughter died, she was trying to communicate with them. And they were so happy that she was in their lives again when she asked to inhabit the doll when she 
in quotes, asked to inhabit the doll. They were grateful, because that means she could be there again. But it was a demon using their grief against them. Okay. So it was never the spirit of the little girl. I see. It was, as we learned his name later, Valak. Much later, like two movies later. Uh, Or even six. (laughs) But, okay, so that reminded me of a lot of stuff, and it makes me confident in saying that the scariest part of the movie is the bit where the girl who has polio was being chased, and she couldn't get down the stairs. So they have that uh, assistant chair thing that goes up and down. And she has to buckle herself in. It's a powered lift. Thank you. Powered lift. She has to buckle herself in and then flip the switch to go up and down. And she's getting chased, freaking out. Doesn't buckle herself in. So you're like, buckle the fucking chair now. Buckle it. And you get freaked. And then uh, what was so scary about it was, A, she gets to go down and then powered lift breaks and starts sending her right back up the stairs to this darkness in the middle of the night. And you know there's a ghost up there. It was really, ooh, oh yeah, demon up there. <laughs> These aren't ghost movies. And that impending inevitable dread was really freaky. And then the dumbest part of the movie, immediately after that, she just gets tossed over the stairs. Like, <laughs> she's just smack dab, just bam, right in the middle. And uh, I don't know. Horror is like, oh, you're expectations are broken in a scary way i guess and my expectations were broken in a in a funny way because i was not expecting a rag doll over the over the banister and it's just kind of like i would have preferred if it was the trope of being dragged into a dark room or something uh-huh. like ah, and then the scene ends and then she's just different the next day yeah but <laughs> no she gets tossed over the railing <laughs> That's a valid point. I think the scariest one for me was either when she is getting chased in the basement area. And she's like trying to stifle her breathing. And then the creature catches her and violence blood in her mouth. Oh, yes. Okay. Or when the oldest girl gets stuck inside the barn near the end of the movie and Scarecrow starts moving. Oh, I totally forgot about that sequence. That yeah, was that really was pretty creepy. good. Particularly because the Scarecrow is such a freaky design in this movie. He's like Harold. Oh, yeah, from uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, but he's specifically like the Harold that, like, there was obviously the scary pictures in the book. But you Mm -hmm. still conjure up in your mind the image. Sure. And this was very much in line with how I always kind of pictured that Scarecrow, you know, the very freaky monstrous face and all. I haven't seen that new movie, though. With the... It's not great. No. There's a cool character designs, at least. No. No? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to shit on it too much, because there's people out there that I'm sure like it. And Wait a minute. It's the shittiest movie on the planet. Fight with us <laughs> yeah. at RMR underscore podcast on Twitter. RookieMovieReviews.com. Rookie Movie Reviews on Facebook. Or rookie movie review at gmail.com. The tragedy of that um, non plural email address I tacked onto the end of a different episode. But Gmail will never let you reuse an email address in a million years. So, whoever out there had that, 
you fucked us. Yeah. You screwed us Your over. Your fleeting idea. You have two episodes out there. You son of a bitch. We have 30. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined us. Uh, next up, we've got Annabelle. A 2014 movie. Wow. Written, uh, well, I should say directed by... Hey, we started dating in 2014. Yeah, that's when that's Annabelle came That's also a good out. year. Yeah, very, a very good year. Uh, tied with 94, because that's what set off. 20 years late. Wait a minute. We weren't 20 when we started dating. Was it 2013? No, we were 18. We've been dating for seven years this year, so it'd be 2013. Shit. <laughs> 2020 is ruining my brain. Oh, my God. Me too. But director here is John R. Leonetti. And the writer, Gary Dauberman. Three for three so far. Screenplay, Gary Dauberman. Annabelle is a movie about the doll. That everyone sees on the posters, Annabelle. Uh, but one thing that I forgot to mention about the prior movie is that at the end of it, we see the girl with polio who became possessed goes to her uh, home. She gets adopted. She runs away from home and she comes back home and murders her adopted mother and father in like a Manson-esque type murder. And... When I say she's adopted, grows up, runs away from home, and comes back and murders her parents, that happens in about two minutes at the very end of the movie. And they did this because in Annabelle, which came out many years before this particular movie, uh, the movie opens with the main character's neighbor being murdered. So it's very clear that the whole movie happens. It has nothing to do with... And it really happened. Yeah, and it really happened. <laughs> it's a real Look up the Manson murders. Look up Annabelle. You're going to find... Lots of connections. Yeah, huh? you're going to find maybe one clipping because they don't want you to know this. <laughs> what don't they want you to know? They don't want you to know that there are demon dolls out there waiting to possess your kids. <laughs> and maybe a kid will get possessed for its whole life. <laughs> hey, that's kind of... Yeah. Is she just possessed her whole life? I think so. I mean, she does not look well when she comes back to murder her parents. Hey, hey, she's just brunette. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, it's clear that they had no idea that they wanted to make a prequel to Annabelle. And then eventually it got super lucrative, so they made Annabelle creation. And just threw in two minutes at the end to say, oh, see, it's like Annabelle. That's how Annabelle starts. And then Annabelle is just a movie about these uh, this mother and father. Um, you know what? You know what is so funny, I think? Because it's obviously a mother and father. Well, they're expecting, right? Cause, yeah, they're expecting. And he's her husband. But in the movie, he's just like studying medicine and being a supportive husband. I don't think we even see him hold the baby. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't she... really like click that he's a father. He could just be like an overly affectionate uncle. Yeah, or a really good friend. <laughs> <laughs> he, the movie is basically that... There is this murder at the beginning, and then they break into... The murder being Annabelle's... Annabelle's parents get murdered. In a Mason-esque. Um, also, they got the same actors, and it opens up at a church. So these are churchly folk. Yes. And they uh, get just they, they get attacked by these Manson murders. They come next door and force a premature birth... Um, from the woman baby survives she survives but it's a big plot hook that she's 
bedridden for a long time and then they move to an apartment bedridden my ass because <laughs> there's a scene right after the doctor tells her hey don't do anything more than get up to go to the bathroom where she's walking back into her home yeah it's literally coming home from the hospital trip where the doctor said don't do anything like if you have to get up to use the bathroom he says you can do that key very key is that the annabelle doll gets brought into their lives before oh. the attack yeah, but prior to the attack. Is that right. why they came to attack? I think that's what the movie's trying to set up. And they just made a pit stop next door to kill her parents? Like, what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> they live next door to the adopted parents, and then just next door is the doll that channels evil through it to call the adopted girl back to them. And I guess maybe the movie would be like, well, that's just evil designs <laughs> at play. But really, it's fucking crazy. Uh, so, yeah, the doll is like this collector item, and she loves it. Uh, and it's a gift from her husband who says, We're going to be late on rent for a few months, but I wanted you to have this doll. That's not okay. Imagine never, that. Never buy me anything that's yeah. going to make us late on rent. <laughs> if you come back and you're like, Hey, we are really going to be on the back foot for a business quarter. But, but I wanted you to have this object. I'd be like, fucking send what it back. What is that? Oh, shit. There's nothing that I would want bad enough for me to be okay with being laid on rent for like three months. What if it was a puppy? There are cheap puppies out there. You can get puppies for free. Um, to, to like summarize the movie real quick and then we'll go back and make fun oh, of yeah. it. Okay. Uh, they get attacked, they have a baby, she's bedridden, she has to, they have to move to an apartment, because... the she, house burns down. Oh yeah, she gets attacked, and then the demon burns her house down, they move to an apartment, and then they get the help of a priest, Father Perez, who comes up in La Llorona, and basically do some demon exercising shit, and then at the very, the ending is of this one is... Uh, I remember being flabbergasted because it is so bad. Yeah. I, how did it end? I so to skip right to it, it's deter it's determined. Yes, uh, but not in the focused kind of way. In the defined kind of way. The demon needs a soul, and it's tricking the mom oh. into thinking that. It wants the baby soul, so if you give me your soul, I'll spare the baby. Because a child cannot willingly give away its soul, and that's which is broken later on. In. <laughs> it's hammered in as a rule. It's a very important rule. But apparently, never mind. Yeah, not never mind in um, La Llorona or something. Also, this mom, meanwhile, makes friends with, I feel it's important, an African-American woman, a black woman... I'm not sure what the... Yeah, that is important because it's playing directly into a very common damaging trope of the mystical black character. Yes. You know, she's she owns a bookshop, but she knows the ways of demons and things and serves as the assistant to this main character throughout the movie. And she doesn't really get any story. I think they just imply that she had a child once 
and it died or something. What? No, what? What? So she had a baby and she went to go visit her mom and she was tired on the way back. She shouldn't have been driving, but she drove anyway. And her daughter was in the passenger seat when she fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, okay. And then the daughter died. I see. She was in a coma. And when she woke up from the coma, she tried to kill herself. But she got sent back. Her daughter said, no, it's not your time yet. But when it is her time, tell us about how pissed you were. (laughs) It's so bad. So this movie, like, they go to the apartment. She becomes friends with this uh, mystical black woman stereotype. And then uh, it becomes, as you say, the demon tricks the mother into thinking that she'll take the child's soul unless the mother kills herself to give up her soul. And the dad knows about this trick at this point. And the... Uh, secondary character the black woman knows about this at this point but the main character just doesn't get it and she is about to jump out the window okay there's a really gnarly scene where, where she's looking for the baby oh and she finds this she finds the annabelle doll which she bashes against the crib and then she throws the doll and when we come back to the doll, it's her lifeless baby laying there. And when she goes to mourn, it turns back into a doll. Yeah, that would definitely be in the front runner for scariest or most effective. Yeah. Because it's not scary, but it's like, oh, fuck. The scene, um, if it's okay to talk about it right now, but the scene I thought was scariest when it's the little girl running to the door. And when the door gets pushed open, it's a old, I think it's the murderer from the beginning yeah anyway that was really scary it's really effective it's uh she starts across the hall in a different room and then she starts running towards the main character and we're kind of looking over the character's shoulder and the door starts to swing shut as she runs and occludes her from vision hits the door and as she busts the door and she's in the room full-grown murder woman it's like holy fuck it's really creative uh and very scary because that's also the woman who tried to kill her Yes. So. I'm glad you mentioned that one is the scariest because I was going to do that or the basement elevator scene where she goes down to the basement for some storage stuff and then she sees a baby stroller and out of that baby stroller comes the demon, the black demon with horns. Valak. is Valak. And she runs to the elevator, hits the button to go up and... The door shuts and it's like, oh, thank God she gets out. And then the door opens again. She's still in the basement where she saw the demon. And you realize it's not going to go off. She tries again. And every time she tries to close the elevator door, it opens again and again. Now, this is kind of ruined by the fact that when she runs, she eventually runs out of the elevator to the stairs to exit. It's very scary. She has to run through the the room that she just saw the demon in. And she's running upstairs and it's chasing her. She sees glimpses of it down there. And then at one point she turns around and just sees it right on the flight of the stairs staring up at her. And it's like, holy fuck. Very scary. And then they use it like a jump scare where it teleports right in front of her. And you get the screen full of its demon face and screams at you. I thought it would have been so much scarier if it went a slower route of, like you mentioned, how it just kind of walks up very stilted or brokenly 
or if it just started chasing her, maybe it would, it would have been scarier in my opinion. But I don't know, the teleporting jump scare isn't very creative. And we just saw earlier the girl running and turning into a woman. So they've got good ideas for jump scares. Um, but anyhow, the ending, the soul for a soul. And they realize, oh, we don't need to commit suicide for the baby's soul. Like, this was very muddy. It's like, I'm, I want the baby's soul, but I don't need to take it. You can give me yours instead. She's like, okay, I'm going to kill myself. And then everyone's like, no, it's tricking you. It couldn't take the baby's soul if it wanted. Because a child cannot offer it. It needs to be offered. And it's like, okay, everybody's safe. But then they're like, no, it does need a soul. And the black woman side character is like, I see now. I was sent back for my suicide attempt to commit suicide for you. Yeah. <laughs> she jumps out so the window dumb. and kills herself. Why? To give the soul. These which... two fucking people she just met. Yeah, they moved in like a month does ago. Does she even know the husband's name? I don't think so. She buys the baby's I don't know the toys. Yeah, name. right? And toys and dresses it's like i bought you toys and dresses do i need to kill myself for you yeah they i think they try and set it up like oh she she connects more to the daughter and that's why she does what she does but it really i mean the it reason it's so right. confusing is that it they made it seem as though nobody needs to die no suicide needs to happen but she does it anyway and then the movie ends also father perez tries to get rid of the doll who oh, is yeah. the priest that helped out and he like gets his ass kicked like pulled out of a church and all, he's all bruised and shit yeah uh, let's get this list okay so that was the first three yeah, anyway dumbass ending dumbass ending Annabelle. the ending was the dumbest part yeah super dumb it's kind of like uh should we talk about la masanya 23 real quick real quick uh somehow annabelle ends up at a thrift store again Oh, then, no, um, La Masan, the Spanish-speaking one with the other terrible ending. Oh, La Manasala. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, I yeah. thought you were trying to say La Llorona for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, 32 that, Manasala Street? Something like that. It's a Shudder exclusive. It's but in Spanish. It's a horror movie. It's not good. It's basically a haunted house movie. Well, it started... It's pretty good for the first hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, the ending is just bad. But yeah, uh, this movie has your standard ghost story, and then it's revealed that the ghost at the end is a transgender woman who is, like, they basically set her up to be evil because she is a transgender woman and she's got this <laughs> anger about it, so she's going to murder everybody. And they did a half-hearted defense of this woman from the main character saying, like, the main character says, oh, I'm sorry that you had to go through what you had to go through. And then the ghost decides she's going to be evil anyway because they need to have the ghost kill people, I guess. It's really sloppy and kind of just made me slap my forehead when we yeah. watched it. Like, what a weird motivation to make your ghost it's just a sudden it's a 360 yeah. no it's a 180 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they call it an xbox 360 because you turn it 360 degrees <laughs> and walk away uh 
Yeah. It comes out of left field as a motivation that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. A motivation that wasn't supported by any other plot details. Similar to... So, okay, maybe you could be like, well, she could. She got brought back to serve a higher purpose. Why is her higher purpose killing herself for these white people? Yeah, it, it rings very badly. Especially because she started the movie as a stereotype. You know, if you go to tvtropes.com, look up mystical black person or magical black person. This is a deep-seated trope, and it's not like you're going to get a thoughtful approach to a character's ending starting on that foot. And then a horror movie. Yeah, I mean... There have been, like, A24 does a lot of good character writing. This is not an A24 film. I saw we were watching some YouTube video that basically said horror is two things. Yeah, they have A24, which is super indie and into itself, and, you know, it's good or whatever. And then you've got Bloomhouse, which is, this is, these are not Bloomhouse movies, but just super, just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, blood, violence, resol- like happy ending, but is it? And then sequel town, you know? So we had two, two extremes. I guess these would be more in the Bloomhouse line of things, even though it's not Bloomhouse. Especially because they're sequels. I think the first Conjuring is legitimately good. Speaking and Conjuring of. Conjuring 2. Oh, sorry. No, I was just. I think Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2 are the most solid out of this. Perfect. I, I said speaking of because the next one on our list here is The Conjuring. Yes, this movie is great. I think we watched it separately. The first time, because I remember getting Snapchats of you watching it with your mom, Ben, and Teresa. Yeah. And you were hiding in your hoodie. (laughs) I was was fucking terrified. (laughs) This movie came out in 2013, started the whole thing off. Directed by James Wan, who has basically been like a producer of all the others, I'm pretty sure. He directed the first one and the second one. And then the writers here are actually Chad and Carrie Hayes. Brothers? I don't know. I didn't look them up. I don't know if they're spouses or siblings or brothers or, or what. But I guess Carrie could go either way. Yeah, they have the uh, same last name. And Maybe the, they're same, husbands. Same initial. Maybe. But uh, Conjuring is classic. I feel it's, you know, everybody's seen Conjuring or everyone that likes horror movies has. Uh, haunted house movie. The guy from Office Space moves to a new house with his... Uh, wife and kids they start to notice strange occurrences they bring in ed and lorraine warren who do a bunch of paranormal investigation and then we get this big explosive ending of uh, all this shit going down and they uh, battle the demon who has possessed the mother by the end of the movie and excise it and uh, save the family and save the homestead Yeah, it's based on a true story. Ed and Lorraine Williams were paranormal investigators in the 1950s. And this case, probably not as popular as the Amityville Horror. Was it this one that began with that? I think The the Conjuring 2 referenced the Amityville Horror a lot. Well, yeah, the... That Lorraine does, that's... Okay, so... Paranormal investigators, they've done a lot of stuff. 
I think they've well I think in real life they've done like the bell witch and stuff but that doesn't really matter because <laughs> we're here we're in the conjuring and I don't know I don't know if this one is famous before the conjuring it yeah. must be in some circles it must be in circles that delve deeper into that kind of stuff because they truly believe in it instead of uh wouldn't that be crazy if it were real because we know it's real <laughs> these are real these are real events, stories factual people these are real people and these are their stories dun, dun. <laughs> 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 um law and order spectral victims unit ew <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> produced by dick wolf <laughs> so they have to be brought in by the church a lot of shit's happening here uh we get set up there's like five teenage there's five children five child girls and they uncover a cellar within their basement full of creepy stuff i don't think annabelle shows up in this movie at all yeah well, no, maybe only, like a split second only at their house yeah they just so, reference it like oh that's a super evil doll there <laughs> yeah because there's also like an interview with them mm -hmm. and so i think if, yeah everyone's seen this movie do you want to just go right into favorite scare oh fuck yeah okay there's a lot on the table for favorite scare this i think there's some things that we could talk about in general okay so i'll throw my favorite one out there just off the top of my head is going to be lorraine warren is doing the laundry at this family's home uh, for some reason. And it gets super windy. The wind rips the sheets out of her hands and sticks on a human figure just a few feet from her for a few moments. And then it flies up to the window and uh, blocks the window. And as it drifts away, you see a ghostly woman up in the window who ends up possessing the mother in this moment. But I, I, it's not, like, terrifying. It's not like, holy fuck, get out of here. <laughs> but... It is really clever and really cool, and uh, it seems like, I don't know, if I was a demonic, ghostly thing. You are. That would take, this is true, this is a true story, that would take a lot of... Uh, Ghost it's a, energy. That's a clever demon. That's a lot of ectoplasm. That's <laughs> a lot of, that's a lot of mana. The, it, there's uh, some real lateral thinking on the demon's part for that move. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, manifest. it goes. I suppose it does go up, so it is like a ladder. <laughs> That's lateral thinking. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> What's your scary movie moment? <laughs> uh, when the girls are in their room and they're already freaked out. And they're trying to see what's up with the armoire. And all of a sudden there's like a scary witch thing looking down Ooh. at them. <laughs> yeah, fuck that scene. But thinking about it again, it could almost be played for laughs in a skit like Too Many Cooks. Yeah, just uh, they look up and it's like, witch demon. And they go, oh, and then gets the title <laughs> card of witch demon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because it's so... There's no mystique. She's just there. But that's pretty freaky anyway. Yeah, they, uh, the way they reveal this woman on top of the armoire is just the very top is cut out where she is. And they're like, what the fuck was that? And then it pans up and there's a demon up there, guys. And then, of course, it jumps down off the top and attacks. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Doing some witch foo. 
the the clapping scenes. Oh yeah. That's I want to say real quick. Oh yeah. Real quick. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be the Annabelle daughter. Oh, you think? Or they just kind of like made the character to look like that later on? Pro- probably. Yeah, I could see that. Just a uh, lanky brunette becomes more demonic as time goes on. Because this is, timeline-wise, far past. Yeah, this is like the 70s. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and don't they find out this house was... Oh, 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 no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I say witch because it is a witch, because that's who had the house before. Oh, yeah. So maybe they still designed the animal daughter after that. But, yes. This was land stolen from a witchly woman. Probably because she hadn't collected enough cat whiskers. They do have a lot of magical energy. I can feel their power in our jar on our altar. And (laughs) (laughs) our altar is our television for all you witches out there. (laughs) What was I saying? Oh, yeah, it's a witch. Um, I don't like how in this movie they show possession as the demon vomiting blood into the victim's mouth. Because why is your mouth wide open? Yeah, I was going to say that the whole series kind of got props from me because they use that possession visual throughout. Okay. So it's at least consistent. But yeah, I agree. Like, it would have been just as effective and even grosser and scarier if they just fucking vomited all over their face or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be right in the mouth. Because, you know, it's demon rules. Make it it whatever you want it to be. That's some sour milk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's... Uh, the milk that demons produce. It's very, very <laughs> Their disgusting. mouth is lined with nipples. <laughs> That'd be a really freaky creature design. <laughs> Something Like that. an octopus tentacle. Yeah. Except nipples just squirting. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> is that strawberry? <laughs> no. One of, one of these is. <laughs> I was like reaching in their mouth, squeezing. Now now we've got, oh, God. we've got the movie and the scary movie spoof all tied up. We can sell this immediately. Um, I really hate that visual. Thank you. The hand clapping, of course, is super iconic. They have this game where they cover their eyes, and it's basically Marco Polo, but uh, they get to say, like, oh, clap your hands, and they get three hand claps, and then they have to find them blindfolded. Uh, They use that to great effect when the mother and daughter are home alone playing, and the demon draws the mother to... An empty bedroom and we see some hands come out of the armoire that the witch was on later on and uh, draws her into there and then the daughter comes around you weren't even close I was way over here and the mother's clearly shaken and I'm, I'm shaken, shaken. <laughs> and then uh, of course the follow-up to that bit is when uh, she initially gets drawn into the basement with the hand clapping uh, and she gets pushed on the stairs by a demon and then hands clap right over her shoulder and blow the match that she's using for light out this mother gets fucked up. Yeah. And then she gets possessed. And then she tries to kill her daughter. Jesus. Yeah, what a poor. This is a movie about the patriarchy. <laughs> Every movie can be viewed in that lens, I believe. Because it's all made by the patriarch. <laughs> Good movie. Everybody should watch it. Yeah. I think uh, for as shitty as some of these Conjuring movies are, this one's good. Yeah. Um. Next one we don't have to spend too long on, La Llorona. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's got the woman from Dead to Me 
in it, the brunette. She's good. Yeah. He's I... got Tuco from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. He plays the, the rogue, you know, paranormal investigator type person. That Yeah, let's... Okay, real quick. This mother, who is Latina, has kids that she locks in a closet during a welfare check. And the welfare lady, the CPS lady, is woman from dead. Dead to me. And... She takes the woman's kids away, understandably, because who locks their kids in the closet? And we don't get an explicit reasoning. It's like, oh, she did it. She's going to take them. And then we find out it's La Llorona, who is a Spanish folktale, the, the crying woman. And it's this woman who drowned her kids in a river because she found out her husband was cheating on her. And now her vengeful spirit stalks the earth. So, La Llorona hunts out kids to drown because she is generally evil. Like, Patricia's a single mother. There's... Why do her dirty like that? <laughs> well, we find out she got done dirty because the mother whose kids were initially taken away prayed to La Llorona and said, there's two kids over Patricia. here. Patricia. Patricia. Oh, so why did she get targeted by... Yeah, why did Patricia oh, get targeted? I thought Patricia was the main character's name. No, I, I don't remember what the main character's name is. Me neither. Um, I remember Patricia because that's the actress's actual name. Oh, yeah. And she's uh, Michael's love interest in... Arrested Development, Season 3. Hermano. Yes. The... Who's this Hermano guy? <laughs> yeah. It took three years of Spanish. <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> yeah. But you were, you were bringing us to... Oh, yeah. I was taking us home. Hey, we're here already. <laughs> <laughs> we're in our apartment. That's the joke, guys. Okay. That was a very so... visual bit of the... <laughs> confused looking around <laughs> okay so don't know why patricia got done dirty but patricia did in fact pray to la llorona and now dead to me mom has gone to the church and perez is there perez from the earlier movies and he can't help her but he knows a drug lord that might be able to hook <laughs> her up <laughs> he's got an abuela to take care of but he'll come back to you yeah is it his abuela and yeah, Breaking in Bad? Better Call Saul, oh, Better he Call Saul. Uh, beats up those two skaters for harassing his grandma. And then, of course, he's the violent, terrifying drug kingpin in Breaking Bad season one or two or something. But... Yo! Yeah, now he shows up as a mean priest guy. They're like, he doesn't play by the rules, okay? Also, they're assholes to him because he's showing him his sacred ritual. He's showing the family his sacred rituals. And they're like, is that going to work? I saw that on Carson. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, did you see this on Carson? And all that shit. Also, the, like, the summer, like, they, La Yorona comes out of this big spiritual battle. The daughter is dumb as shit. Because they have these special trees, like, the tree that saw her murder her kids Our or whatever. Bold del Fuego. Yeah. Fire tree. Has special power over her. So they use the seeds to block the entrance to the house. And then it's like, oh, this is foolproof. She can't get in now. Yeah. But then the daughter is like, oh, I need my doll, which is on the outside of the house. So she breaks the seed line, lets the Yorona back in. And then they kill this woman who was a real human woman that willed herself into evil demonic entity mm -hmm. status just by being hateful. And they kill this 
non-physical manifestation by stabbing it in the chest with a cross made out of the fire tree wood. Which I get that it's like a special tree, but they, like, why can they even stab her? And then she bursts into a bloody mess and everything's fine. That's a very good point. There's... I'm trying to think of another horror movie that does this. They make something become a physical manifestation so they can kill it. It might be Harry Potter. Are you thinking of It Follows? Oh. Like that ending with the pool? Maybe. I just... I feel like... It doesn't make sense. I feel like it's been done before. Make her human so we can kill her. Pirates Not of the Hercules. Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they don't even make her human. No. She has a humanizing moment, which is ruined by a mirror. It's ruined by Sam. Revealing her reflection. Yeah. Shithouse Sam. And then she gets stabbed and explodes. Thankfully, this movie is 70 minutes long. It's so short. It's crazy short. It was our date night for Halloween. It was yeah. still worth it. Yes. So. It was it was, fine. it was pretty bad. And again, it wasn't very scary. I think the scariest part would be that bit with the umbrella. I would, yeah, I would agree. Cool. Yeah. Because basically, like... Uh, you see her through the umbrella, and then you don't when you're not looking through the umbrella. And then like, next time you bring the umbrella down, it's a clear plastic umbrella. She's right there and grabs yeah. the girl and burns her. And it's like, that wasn't even that scary. It was just your standard jump scare. It was just yeah. kind of clever with the perspective. Yeah. And then the dumbest part and my favorite part was the whole battle at the end with, like, these weird rules. When he makes the pool completely holy water oh yeah. that's dumb <laughs> that's not how holy water works <laughs> ask my friend Allie. <laughs> i cannot the ocean the entire ocean can't be turned into holy water that's not how it works how does it work so you need to get water from a preferably natural source and you need to sense the water for its energy to have holy energy make sure there's no demonic presence and then you're going to have a bunch of salt that you're going to do the same thing to. Okay. And you're going to recognize they both have holy sanctimony. You're going to perform the Roman ritual, assumedly if you're Catholic. And then you will sprinkle the salt into the bottle, the well, the bowl as you bless it. Into uh, And you're going to sprinkle the, sh the salt in the shape of a T for the cross. And that's how you make holy water. It's not what Tuco did. Tuco just kind of mumbled and made a cross sign and then dumped some stuff in there. That's some pagan shit. <laughs> the, your whole pool is now filled with holy water. Also, considering that holy water is salty water, you could probably brine a chicken in that. Or boil some real nice pasta. Holy pasta. <laughs> Manicotti. <laughs> you could... You know, invite a demon to dinner and trick them. <laughs> they eat the chicken. They're like, oh, this is it's really good. It's pasta puninesca. <laughs> Putinesca? 
What's your secret? <laughs> Holy water. They're like, no. Submit that to Adult Swim. <laughs> you can see that on Robot Chicken. Uh, next up, so lie you're on a fucking forgettable. Yeah. It's not even connected. Hardly. I was watching this. Perez. Like, Where is the connection? It's just the one priest guy. And it's not even about any of the other movies. The doll's not in it. Valak isn't in it, from what I can tell. I don't know, man. Not a very good movie. Next up is Annabelle Comes Home, which is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Do you know why you liked it? Because it was written and directed by Gary Dauberman. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how much comedy was in it. I like how funny they started trying to get with these. Yeah. Good. Especially Bob's Got Balls. Yeah, the the boy next door. There's a scene where he asks her out to homecoming and she says yes. And when he goes in to kiss her, she turns away. Right. Gets me every time. So the premise here is that Ed and Lorraine Warren have the babysitter over to take care of their daughter Judy when they have to go on some spiritual mission. And then... The babysitter's friend opens up their secret room full of uh, forbidden artifacts and so on and releases the Annabelle spirit, which is a conduit for all the other spirits. And that's basically a haunted house movie where they throw in a bunch of different ghosts and manifestations of evil and things like that. You're forgetting about the character connection that she was trying to talk to her dad because she thought she murdered him in a car accident. Yeah, that was a pretty touching character thread. Yeah. That she's the only one who blames herself. So it does have good motivation to kind of bring all that shit out, you know. This is a very heartwarming horror movie. Yeah. Because Judy's birthday is coming up and nobody can come over because her parents just had an article released that talks about how they're paranormal investigators. And everyone's like, oh, that's that's not great. That's kind of creepy. My kid's not going over there. So it's her, the babysitter, and then the babysitter's friend comes over and she brings her rollerblades and they have cake together. Or they make the cake for the next day. And it's this night that the girl unleashes all these demonic terrors. Best scare here... I think when her dad comes alive. And then he's like, it's your fault! Yeah, that really spooked me. Or he doesn't come alive, it's like a spirit... Um, and then worst scare is when she gets trapped in the TV. Or the werewolf. Because that... Why well, is there a war werewolf? The werewolf wasn't scary at all. But I don't know if it was supposed to be or if... Like, was it supposed to be scary or was it just the filmmaker saying, like, this won't be really scary, but we kind of need to get him out of here for now. Yeah. And what can we chase him with? I don't and know. not La Llorona. She's not a thread that gets sewn into this tapestry. Yeah, what the hell? Like, they have... A woman in a dress like La Llorona, but it's actually just a haunted wedding dress that yeah. makes people murder. And this movie came out the same year as La Llorona. These both came out in 2019. But I think best scare for me, actually looking at the release window here, it was stolen from The Nun. Because I thought The Nun stole it from Annabelle Comes Home, but no, no, no. It is when the bride is walking around in her shadow uh, follows along the wall and then mm. you see her through the window and then uh, you see her shadow on the wall again and then she's about to come through the door and she's actually in the room across 
and it's just a fun little thing like she's knocking pictures off and i thought oh it's just fun (laughs) (laughs) it's a clever clever thing but they did the same exact thing in the nun which came out in 2018 and i think the nun is a shittier movie but they did the scare first i guess they just perfected it here i guess gary dauberman who wrote the nun was like i liked when i did that i want to try it again (laughs) and then just re-implemented the same exact scare but uh dumbest scare yeah fucking yeah the werewolf okay dumb i do think the tv was kind of interesting as a concept it's like willy wonka it's wonka vision yeah it reminded me of that scp that shows pirates cove no oh sorry um there's a scp which is just a vhs tape and if you're not familiar with scp it's a like fan created here contain protect yeah it's a fan created content site of all these different monsters that this secret organization contains and discovers and all that shit so it's pretty fun to read it's kind of like creepypasta but a bit more sci-fi sometimes and there's one that is a vhs tape and it's of jfk giving a speech and then every time you play it he becomes more and more dismembered but it's the same speech and then eventually he's just dead and it resets uh when you play it again so it's like normal and then he's a bit like he's got a cut uh, or his nose is off or something the next time it gets worse and worse it's kind of freaky but uh that's what the tv makes me think of so i only don't hate the tv because it makes me think of this fun scp i keep saying fun but i say fun as in like creative no i mean horror movies are fun yeah um yeah overall it's it's certain i would say it's better than la llorona and the nun and i think it's better than annabelle creation annabelle comes home that is yeah okay the last one here is conjuring 2 yes so this opens with the amityville <laughs> the what the amityville horror there's a seance to see if rob was actually possessed by a demonic spirit or if he was just committing mad murders and we see the lorraine become him go throughout the house kill people so yeah she's truly connected to spirits and stuff and he totally did murder them and then across the pond uh across the pond how far back should i go across the pond so across (laughs) (laughs) so across the pond there's a very poor english mother who's taking care of four kids and one kid gets caught smoking at school and so she's in trouble and oh the mom has to deal with that now and she she does laundry with her friend and her washing machine broke (laughs) and on top of all of that she's possessed by a demon (laughs) so (laughs) real rough real rough life over here in england and you made a really funny point about how they gave it a blue filter the way they give Mexico a brown filter in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So is that just what England looks like in media? <laughs> but yeah, uh, they they are possessed, it seems. Um, 
So they're in this house new because it's provided by the council. So I think it's supposed to be like section eight housing. So this is what they can afford. And the youngest girl starts talking like an old man. So she's getting possessed, creeped with the, uh, the ghost of an old man. She can speak as him. There's levitating. There's romping around. <laughs> and Ed and Lorraine get called onto this case along with a skeptic who's like, oh, little kids make up fallacy all the time. Mm-hmm. And in England, there's other paranormal investigators who are for it. They say, oh, this is legitimate. I can see this being true. There's an older Englishman who's really for it because his little girl died. And he wants to know if there's some kind of answers from the other side. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff at play here. We see Ed and Lorraine be legitimately kind again to this family. Like Ed helps fix the washer. And in the basement, he sees a demon. Yeah. Like, he definitely gets attacked. But later on, when they're doing a bunch of seance stuff, they see some legitimate evidence from the girl. But then they catch on tape her faking hauntings. And because of that, Ed and Lorraine have to leave. Yeah, because they're there due to the potential fraud of the Amityville horror that damaged the church's credibility. The church is like, if there's anything that says it's fake, we're not going. So, girl faked it. They gotta go. And then we get a fun twist of how the girl says, the girl that is possessed throughout the movie says, the demon said that it would kill you if I didn't get them to leave. Yes. And they are on a train. They're listening to this tape recording that they took where basically on two separate occasions well what's what leads up to that is ed drops the tapes and the tapes cross-sect and he sees the x yeah and that's what makes him think to listen yes which uh, is (laughs) convenient (sighs) like is it supposed to be like an x a demon did this or is it supposed to be like wait if i overlap these recordings yeah i (laughs) But X's they have two recordings. <laughs> the most evil letters of the alphabet we all know are X, Y, and Z. Well, not Y. Sometimes Y. <laughs> <laughs> so they have these two recordings from different points in the movie where she says nonsense, like help, it won't, like help won't leave or something. And then later on she says, me it. And it's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh shit, if we play them at the same time. This old man who has been the red herring ghost says, help me, it won't leave or it won't let me go. And then they realize right at that moment, oh, it's all real. We have to go save them. (laughs) Yeah. They run back to the house, have the big finale of... You have to know its name. You have to know its name. Do you want to do a little humble brag here, Jenny? Yes. So throughout the movie, I caught this shit before I even saw the IMDb post, but there is a V A. L-A-K scattered around the movie and you can catch them and there's some I missed but it says Valak the whole time and then it shows Lorraine realizing the demon's name because it also made her scratch it into a bible Mm -hmm. or an encyclopedia who's just reading the bible (laughs) I think she would be (laughs) yeah Yeah, true Uh, so she recognizes the demon's name because of subtle hints it left for her no um, this was really lame because she has a vision uh, 
of the demon and she has a vision of her husband dying and she at one point says i do know your name because you told it to me yeah and then it cuts to the vision and it's her screaming at the demon she's saying what's your name and then it like roars at her like <laughs> like, just, like no exaggeration just demon noise and while that happens in her vision she's like scratching into her bible with a pencil uh the name valak so as it screams i guess it's saying my name is valak um, nice to meet you. <laughs> so she does get the name from the Bible. And then she goes up. They have a last minute save. The demon's there in the corner. She says, I know your name, so I have dominion over you. You're Valak, uh, Marquis of Snakes. Ha! I condemn you back to hell. It goes to hell. And then they recuperate. And uh, that is the most recent in universe event. Yes. Up until the third one is coming out, which will be further down the timeline yep so those are the conjuring movies as of now best scare from conjuring 2 uh i will say is the scene where she has a vision because ed had painted a a portrait of the nun and he put it in their office to like display and then lorraine has a vision and goes into this room and there's a jump scare where she sees the nun's face and when the lights are off it's very clearly a three-dimensional actual demon but the lights go on it's a 2d painting and then eventually the lights get killed for good and the demon uh comes out from behind the painting and attacks her that's the one that got me the most dumbest thing is when she just said tell me your name and the demon told her the name even though that's the one thing that could be used to defeat the demon is knowledge of its name so if it just didn't scream at her at all would have gotten away with everything yeah if it wasn't for those meddling kids (laughs) best scare for me maybe when she gets transported into the room that's full of crosses and they all start slowly turning upside down yeah kind of hokey but yeah but well done whoa no (laughs) she's in the shit dude (laughs) and then when we come back to it all the crosses are back the right side up like nothing ever happened yo and maybe her throw off sentence it's like no we hear stuff all night oh yeah like, did, that's it, freaky did it work to... no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh that's conjuring 2 those are the conjuring movies uh conjuring conjuring 2 annabelle comes home uh annabelle creation annabelle la llorona the nun I'd say I would have had the same exact ranking, but we talked about how Conjuring 2 is a bit more human than Conjuring, um, or felt that way. So I'd say Conjuring 2, Conjuring, very close. Then Annabelle Comes Home, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle, La Llorona, The Nun. The Nun is just so bad. The Nun is so bad. Like, what the hell was going on? It feels like, especially with this movie, this whole franchise is like, conjuring was so good because the house was really well defined like where everything was you always knew yeah so when you heard a noise or saw something you'd be like oh that's just about here are you sure that's not your maps training from csgo my maps yeah i, I know the call outs they're, <laughs> they're in hidden basement hidden basement <laughs> <laughs> and then you see stuff like in the conjuring 2 which came out next and 
the family is so well-defined. They were well-defined in the first Conjuring, but in this one even more, or in Conjuring 2 even more, how they all care for one another, and you get to see how human Ed and Lorraine are, and everyone is really cohesive. And then by the time you get to Annabelle Creation, it's just like, oh yeah, there's six foster girls, and um, you don't really care about the majority of them, and you don't care about the sister who's watching over them, and the wife is pretty irrelevant, and the dad is also actually pretty irrelevant. So now you're down to just watching a movie about one girl and her shitty friend and a doll, and everything else is kind of chaff. So it's Ooh, like they, chaff. Yeah, so they, they knew what was successful or thought they knew what was successful about the first two. And they're like, oh, yeah, family unit characters. And then they're just like, here's a bunch of characters. But uh, they, they lost the thread. And then by the time you get to the the nun, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is this? It's an action movie. It's not even that scary. Yeah. It is. Oh. It is like an action movie. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts for you on the Conjuring universe? Are you excited for three? I'll watch three. <laughs> well, we'll go to the theater and risk getting super no. sick. All right. <laughs> Do you want to repeat that joke? No, I want him to hear it. Uh, have fun. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> spooky season is over before we got this out. But... Yeah. We, uh, you know, a, a wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to. Well, now is a good time to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, at least. Yeah. Get into spooky festive season. Yeah. Perfect. Maybe we'll do a B-plot on that. What did I even hit? Your dick. Oh, the bottle on the inside. <laughs> I'm like... It's just pajamas down there. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) My balls are stale. (laughs) Good sign off. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.